Good evening, everyone. <laughs> Trust everyone is doing good. Hallelujah. Um, first of all, I want to really apologize to everyone. I had so much I had to get ready for today, and um, I also didn't realize how much time I spent doing something else, which I won't, I won't mention right now, but um, thank you all so much for coming. Um, welcome to tonight's Word for Now. Uh, my name is Francis. C oh, I'm not live yet. Hold on a second. Let me... Right? Am I good? I'm not even visible yet, am I? Yeah, where's my camera? <laughs> Give me one second as I connect my camera to power. All right. How's everyone doing, though? How was your how were your respective weekends? That's a better way of saying it. How how were your respective weekends? Um in church, um we had a ministration of the fire of God that was so strong and so potent and I feel like there's a great wave of intercession that will be hitting the body. Can everyone hear me? Can anyone hear me? Yay. Okay, good, good. I just want to make sure. I'm not visible yet, but I'm still here. Hallelujah. I'm just tidying up one or two things. I think we're good to go. And um, let me open up ProPresenter. Is my air conditioner on? Because, man, it is, it is um, spicy up in here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, well, well. Okay, let's go. Hallelujah. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Francis Seaboard Jr. I'm a member of the Cable One community, and I'm here to share with you um, what I believe to be the word for now. Amen. And um, yes, good evening. Did I say good morning before? I hope not. <laughs> um, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I'm really hoping that we can do a lot today. Um, by a lot, I don't mean I'm going to take a lot of your time. I just mean like a lot of like a... a a retelling of all the things that we've said so far in a visual way. My goal for today is to be visual. So I have here my tablet. I wanted to make sure everything was ready. So that's why I took a little bit longer. And I'm so sorry for that. Um, I started preparing a little too late, even later than I normally would. And so anyways, we thank the Lord in all things, despite everything. Amen. Um, good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. And um, I think we're live on Facebook. Let's see here. And um, I think we're good to go. All right. So, uh, apologies, um, little minor emergency there. Okay, so uh, we have been on studying on Pentecost, hallelujah. And um, this feast that has been very, well, I say elusive to the body of Christ, simply because it's not um, easy to decipher, to discern, sorry, mostly because everyone assumes that because they speak in tongues, they partake of that feast. And so in everyone's mindset, that has been fulfilled and everything else is gone. So um, let me give a visual that I think would help with, um, with everything that we're doing so far. So I have here my handy dandy um, like whiteboard thing. You switch to that. Okay, we'll be using this temporarily. Um, so we have like, I'll say like four categories, right? Everything we said so far. So forget my handwriting, by the way. So we have like the original, like the, um, yes, the, or the first occurrence of the first rehearsal, okay? Of every single feast, right? Yeah, rehearsal, okay? Then we have its inauguration. Every single feast was inaugurated um officially in leviticus 23 okay please forgive my handwriting can everyone read this <laughs> dear lord i promise you i'm not a medical doctor <laughs> inaugurated okay then we have um the fulfillment in christ jesus okay um so the fulfillment in christ or let me say in history well, let me say in Christ, because there's actually many, there's different ways we can look at this, okay? Fulfillment in Christ, okay? Um, we can say fulfillment in history. Kind of these two, like, kind of like the same. I'm going to put these in, like, giant parentheses here, okay? And then we have fulfillment in me. Okay. So um, all um, uh, we've explained, so we're going to focus on, you know, we've done like Passover. So for example, now for 
for Passover, I'm going to use a red pen here. So for Passover, um, we can look at, you know, the Mount, um, no, the Mount Sinai, the, the place, let me switch to my camera here. So for Passover, for example, we can look at where um, the Passover lamb, right? When they're in Egypt and Goshen and the Lord, you know, gave Moses strict instructions on how to um, prophetically tell the gospel story um, through this ritual, through the sacrifice. Amen. And that was how Passover was. That was Passover's first rehearsal. But again, like I said before, all feasts were initially were inaugurated. So initially inaugurated, but inaugurated in Leviticus 23, when God listed out everything. So I know for the Sabbath, then through Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, Pentecost, yada, yada, yada. So Leviticus 23, fulfilled in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Can everyone hear me? Okay, I think we're good. So sorry. Um, in my apartment, the power went out. They just turned on the gen. Okay. So uh, we have first rehearsal in Goshen, right? Inauguration in Leviticus 23. Fulfillment in Christ when he died on the cross. And that's kind of the fulfillment in history as well. So I'm going to put back here our screen. They're kind of like one and the same. Like um, our fulfillment in Christ. And in history for Passover, kind of like one and the same. But fulfillment in me for Passover is me getting born again. Does that make sense? So when we're looking at Pentecost, okay, there's a lot of things we're going to look at. Okay, I'm going to probably do another page of this here, okay? In Pentecost, our first rehearsal, okay, I'm going to make Pentecost um, red, but then fiery flames, okay? First rehearsal was the Mount Sinai experience or invitation. Let me say that. Okay. Hallelujah. Yeah. Okay. So that's the first rehearsal of um, Pentecost. The inauguration was in Leviticus 23. Really ahead of myself there. Okay. Fulfillment in Christ was when Jesus Christ, you know, experienced at, um, uh, the Jordan River. You know, um, there's, I mean, there's so many verses that we can use for this, but um, you can use Matthew chapter 3, right? Fulfillment in history, obviously, we know is in Acts chapter 2. And fulfillment in me, this is actually what we're discussing today. This right here, okay? How on earth do we discern um, what Pentecost is and its fulfillment in us? Amen? And so we want to make sure that I'm basically going to be saying everything I said last week on Wednesday, but showing them in an illustrative way that I hope would help you know, everyone understand a little bit clearer, you know, what Pentecost is and what exactly this feast is all about. Amen. And that way, you know, you can go on your own journey with the Lord and let him give you, you know, even more detail into how exactly this can apply to you. I really hope this is going to be helpful to everyone. Amen. So um, I'm going to open up a new page here. Um, let's see here. Let me switch to little screen. And... Um, Yes, we're discussing Pentecost. So let me use a thicker pen. Okay. We've explained that this is called the Feast of Weeks. Amen. 
The Hebrew word for that is um, shaveot, okay? And um, pente, um, pente, this part here, Pentecost, it literally means 50, okay? Five, zero, right? Or you can call it Jubilee. <laughs> they both work. And um, the reason why it's called the Feast of Weeks is because we have seven sevens, right? What is that equal to? 49. And the day after that um, is where we get Pentecost, right? So in Hebrew, it's called the Feast of Weeks because of the seven sevens, right? But um, in like the, in the New Testament, it's referred to as Pentecost. It, Pentecost is not the official term for it. It's actually Shaviot, okay? But for easy reference, I'm going to refer to it that way. All right. So that is um, the Feast of Pentecost, you know, at a glance. So now we're looking at how on earth do we um, decipher or discern exactly how this is fulfilled in us. And the initial image we want to look at is the first inauguration, okay? And uh, we, we would want to use this, the, sorry, the first rehearsal. We want to use the first rehearsal and the inauguration and different things to kind of discern what exactly the Lord is saying through the feast, okay? Basically, when you read your Bible, or you read um, every New Testament epistle, there is actually a retelling of many things in the Old Testament that's taking place. That's the truth. There's really nothing new in the New Testament per se. It's just that in the New Testament is a lot more explanation. And because of this explanation, the things that were done symbolically in the Old Testament, um, as powerful as the symbols were, please hear me, some, hear me out, okay? It is powerful as a child of God to walk in love. It is powerful to walk in humility. It is powerful to walk in forgiveness. You know, we often think that the power is um, reserved for the powerful acts of God are reserved to like healing the sick, raising the dead, all these different things. And those are indeed powerful, amen? And we want to see them in our lives in abundance. And we should never, ever look down on them, amen? But at whatever level they're set in your life, okay, all these miracle signs and wonders, I want us to raise up the bar on things like humility. I want us to raise the bar on things like love walk, on things like sacrificial giving, amen? And I'm saying this because many of the things you see in the Old Testament are really retelling of New, New Testament virtues like virtues of the heart. And this is powerful because if you read you know, places like Romans chapter eight, Romans chapter seven, you would see Paul emphasizing that there's some things that the law could not do, amen, because of sin, which only Christ could do when he came. Well, it is scary because if you look at the things that the law did, the law did a whole bunch of stuff, right? We see wars, you know, we see money, we see prosperity, let me, let me say it again. We see victory in the, in, you know, in um, very, very, unfavorable, unfavorable um, wartime conditions, amen? You would see um, prosperity during famine, during drought seasons, amen? You would even see, you know, um, you know, spectacular miracles like the raising of the dead. You would see so many things taking place, amen? In the Old Testament, tether to him, oh, um, and so many more, but you don't see people getting born again in the Old Testament, amen? You do see, you know, measures of transformation, but you definitely don't see the intensity that the New Testament offers to us, if that makes sense, as believers. And this offering of the New Testament is actually laid out for us in the feast, but even the feasts themselves, they have to be discerned in the light, because everything you have in the Old Testament is a shadow of the new, simply because the new could not be brought because of sin. So what God did was that in his grace and his mercy, he laid out enough witnesses of the new so that when the new shows up, any genuine familiarity with the old will bring you to the new, right? Paul said the law was a schoolmaster to bring me to Christ. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and in our minds. We thank you for transforming and changing. Thank you for plucking out the things that should not be there. Thank you for trimming, Lord God, our beard. Thank you for trimming, Lord God, the excesses, Lord God and transforming, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, because you're helping us to identify what you want us to, to um, partake of and to enjoy. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Okay, so moving right along, um, the first rehearsal, amen, um, of this Feast of Pentecost was in Mount Sinai. So I'm gonna get my little tablet out, okay? So we have the Mount Sinai experience, right? Hallelujah. And I'll, let me use a gray um, pen here. On Mount Sinai, amen, you see this glory cloud. Oh, man, please don't turn the power off, I beg you. 
But anyways, you see this glory cloud because of this portal and the blue Shekinah flame is just kind of like hovering all over this. Like it's, it's crazy and it's intense, right? And that's what you're seeing on the mountain. And this is what God wanted to invite Israel into. Hallelujah. So you have all this craziness and the mountain is burning with fire. Maybe it's a blue flame. I have no idea. Um, you know, you can have a prophetic experience, but like the actual event itself uh, would have looked differently to those who were there in person. And so uh, we have the Mount Sinai experience, right? And the signature thing about the Mount Sinai experience was the giving, amen, of the law, amen? So we want to, you know, capture that, amen? So we want to, there's our tablets of stone here, amen? Hmm, as well. <laughs> We're not rusty in Jesus' name, we ever, ever fervent, amen? So the giving of the law is the emphasis, amen, of the first um, rehearsal of Pentecost, amen? So I'm going to write that here, okay? The giving of the law. Hallelujah. And the reason why this is so important is because, let me open my notes here, okay? I've been pulling everything out from my head here. Amen? Yes, there we go. The reason why this is important is because for us in the New Testament, okay, this is exactly what happened, happened in the fulfillment in history, amen, and happens when we partake of the feast. And basically, the law of the New Testament is the law of the spirits of life in Christ Jesus, okay? So I'm going to write that down, all right? I'm going to put it as a green, kind of like a green shade here. Let me switch to my tablet again, okay? So here we have the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Man, I am so sorry, everyone. Please, I don't even know if this is helpful. Is this helpful to anyone? <laughs> With my handwriting. Y'all have mercy. But y'all get the idea, right? So this is the emphasis here, right? The law of the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus. Okay, that is the emphasis. But here's what's interesting, okay? This law that we have in the Old Testament was actually, according to the scripture we looked at before, written with the finger of God. And I laid emphasis on that for a specific reason. And we're going to, you know, journey through the scriptures as we discover this. Amen. And, um, you know, the, the passage, let me just make sure I get this out or whatever. Exodus 31 from verse 18. Let me pull up our presenter window here. Exodus, I'm ready in Exodus 31 from verse, oh, that's the very last verse. Yes. Here we go. And when he made an end of speaking with him, some translations say communing with him on Mount Sinai, he gave Moses two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone written with the finger of God. And that right there is our key verse, amen? What is the finger of God, amen? What does this verse mean? What, what does that statement there mean, okay? So I'm going to capture that with this Shekinah blue finger looking thing here, okay? So the finger of God, man, someone, some, someone pray for me, amen. <laughs> we just go with that, right? The finger of God. Okay, we're just gonna go with that. So that's God's, let's just say that's God's finger and there's lightning everywhere and zion, 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 okay? Maybe seven bolts, right? On three, four, five, six, seven. There we go, seven bolts of lightning coming out of God's fingers, okay? So the finger of God, hallelujah. Now, the reason why this is so important, I'm going to put the verses here, okay? This here, you can see in Exodus chapter 19, okay? Hallelujah. And the verse we just read from Exodus was Exodus chapter 31, um, verse 18. And you can read more about this from Romans chapter 8, when Paul says, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death, okay? So Exodus 31, 18, Romans chapter eight and Exodus 19, okay? But now we're looking at the finger of God, okay? And this is um, elusive. You know, I would say things at times like um, the spirits of the Lord being quote-unquote different from the Holy Spirit. That is not true. I would never actually say that. But I'll ensure that um, there is an understanding of the reason why at different points in scripture, specific names or attributes are given to God. 
So when God wants to manifest his wisdom, all right, he does it through the agency of the spirit of wisdom, his spirit, right? Where his spirit brings forth wisdom. When God wants to strengthen someone, amen, he does it by the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Spirit appears or manifests as a spirit of might. And we can see a verse of scripture that really shows us this in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Amen. Um, let's start from verse, eesh, I'm going to go 14. Sorry, Ephesians chapter 3. I'm like, what on earth am I doing? So Ephesians chapter 3, Paul is praying this beautiful prayer. He says, um, I, I bow my knees to my father, which is in heaven, right? Sorry, my um, father, Lord Jesus Christ, who the whole family of heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might, strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Do you see that, beloved? Notice how by his spirits in the inner man, amen, will be strengthened with might. So the spirit brings forth the might. Does that make sense? So it's the Holy Spirit strengthening us. So the spirits of might is the Holy Spirit, but he's manifesting strength on the inside of us, okay? And there's another verse I can look at here that can really show us this. We can look at Colossians chapter one, maybe from verse 10. Um, Um, that you may walk worthy, this is one of the um, Pauline prayers, walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, amen? This right here is an illusion to the spirit of might. In fact, if you read the entire um, Colossians prayer, it's very similar to the Ephesians 1 prayer and Ephesians 3 prayer, almost like they were joined together, amen? And what was happening here was that Paul was hammering that they would experience Pentecost, both in the Ephesian church and in the Colossian church. Amen. I want to make sure that we all get, is everyone getting this? Like, is everyone understanding what's at play here? Okay. Hallelujah. I'm just going to keep, you know, keep this going. Um, so the finger of God, amen. We want to hammer this. Okay. Why, why are we pointing this out? Okay. Um, and it's simply because the Bible was very specific to point out this operation of God. Amen. And so we want to do our, you know, due diligence, and do some research into the scriptures and find out exactly what exactly does this you know operation um, signify mean etc cetera, etc cetera. so the first time we see this operation mentioned in scripture is in exodus chapter 8 from verse 16 and i explained this before that what was happening in this narrative was that um the plagues were being poured out upon egypt amen and what was happening was that, that um in the beginning um the magicians were able to replicate what God was doing, amen? They were able to mimic in some ways, amen? Almost like keep up, but they could only keep on, um, keep up for so long, amen? After a while, what happened was um, they could no longer replicate the miracles. So the first few ones, you know, um, Moses, um, Aaron, sorry, throws down his scepter and, and it gets turned to um, a serpent, amen? And um, you see, um, the water turning to blood and even the plague of frogs and they're able to mimic all of these okay and i explained before that what was actually happening was that each of these plagues was actually a measurement that was given amen to the children of israel while they were in goshen there were you know infusions of the spirits of god or invasions of the spirits of god into that environment for the purpose of bringing about their liberty amen but this liberty was unfolded to them all right in waves kind of like how you know we're studying about the feast right now amen and we experience redemption through each of the feasts, amen? God has broken them down for us to be experienced this way. It's kind of like you're trying to eat a big meal. You have this huge burger. What do you do when you put it in your mouth? You don't eat it all at once and then gulp it down. You take a bite out of it and then you chew and that bite gets broken into even smaller bits and then you swallow and it's even further breaking down that takes place on the inside of you, amen? This is what happens spiritually, hallelujah. So um, each of these plagues is a measure of the spirit of God being released upon Goshen. Look at what happens, okay, on this, this specific one. The Lord said to Moses, say to Aaron, stretch your rod and strike the dust of the land so that it becomes like lice throughout all the land of Egypt. And they did so, for Aaron stretched out his hand with his rod and struck the dust of the earth and became like lice of man and beast. Verse 18, now the magicians so worked with their enchantments to bring forth lice, but they could not. So there were lice on man and beast. Then the magicians said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God, amen? So the primary thing we're seeing here is that when this is an operation, the Lord alone is working. Satan's agencies and all these things, they have no say in the matter, amen? Why is this important? Because 
we are trying to receive, again, the law of the Lord. So if we want to receive God's law, there's a specific accuracy, amen? There's a specific um, intensity and precision that is required. For this reason, you would see God when he's um, communicating to Moses, for example, while his descent upon Mount Sinai. He told the children of Israel, hey, get ready, I'm coming. Wash your clothes, keep away from your wives, stay away from your idols, amen? Prepare, sanctify yourself for my arrival, amen? And what, what, what God is doing there is, God is saying here, I want to be able to commune with you in isolation, in private, alone. We've explained that Pentecost is like a marriage proposal that God is doing to humanity, right? Um, to Israel, first of all, at Mount Sinai, but then to us, amen, in the New Testament, hallelujah, uh, when we experience it, amen? And this is a romantic thing that God is doing, and God wants it to be done in secret, alone, one-on-one -on -one with him, amen? So moving right along, um, they could not continue, amen, for they said, this is the finger of God. Hallelujah. Now, if you look at this operation now, you might not be able to tell that this is the spirit of God at work. And so for this reason, I'll point you to really quickly to Luke chapter 11 from verse 20, okay? A verse of Jesus Christ said where he calls forth or mentions or at least alludes to the finger of God, Amen. And in this verse, Jesus Christ says this, if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Amen. And there's a verse in, I think it's in 1 Corinthians where Paul explained that, you know, we speak um, the wisdom of God in a mystery, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Amen. And so oftentimes in the scripture, you're going to see lots of parallels and what might set the, you know, the unbeliever or the critical up for an argument um, is actually just an invitation to discover even more about what God has to say. What do I mean by this? Whenever you see two portions of scripture, it look very similar, but one looks like it's going a specific way. Study very carefully the differences and ask the Lord to explain to you why is it that something is pointed out here that isn't pointed out here, and why is it that they seem to not be saying the same thing, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to see why here in a second, okay? So looking at this verse of scripture, if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Hallelujah. And when we read Matthew chapter 12 from verse 28, look at what Jesus had to say. He then says, if I cast out demons by the spirit of God, amen? So here he's explicitly saying that um, the finger of God is actually an operation of the spirit of the Lord, amen? I'm gonna to refer to the spirit of the Lord here as the spirit of God. Again, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of God, the spirit of God is the spirit of the Lord. The spirit of the Lord is the, is the finger of God. Amen. He's the spirit of might also and all of these different names we've given to him. Amen. In the scripture, we've seen in the scripture, sorry. Amen. But each time he manifests in a specific way, try and see the context necessary for calling forth that name. Amen. Let's say God is the one that delivered you from slavery. It would be very appropriate to call him the God that saves or the God that delivers, right? If God provided for you, calling him God, my source or my provider, that makes sense, right? Amen. Many of the names that we, you know, refer to God in, um, in Hebrew are actually them just, you know, making reference to how God manifested. Amen. As a healer. Amen. Jehovah Rapha as, as righteousness. Jehovah Shekenu. Amen. Um, uh, Jehovah Shalom, our peace. Hallelujah. So I hope we get the gist. Um, so the finger of God. Okay, let's go back to our tablet. Um, <laughs> two tablets. <laughs> Love the spirit of life. <laughs> I hope someone got the joke. Okay, so uh, we're looking at our tablets here, okay? And this is an operation. I'm going to write the verses down, okay? So for extra reading, you can jump real quick to Exodus chapter 8 from verse 16 through 19. Exodus chapter 31, verse 18. Deuteronomy, let me just read you a different book now. So Deuteronomy chapter 9 from verse 10, okay? And when Jesus Christ speaks about this, the two parallel scriptures are Luke, go away. Luke chapter um, 11, verse 20, and Matthew chapter 12, verse 28. Hallelujah. So when you look at these two scriptures together, you get a better gist of what the um, finger of God is. Amen. Another reason why um, this would require a little bit more study too is because, again, if you're looking now what is captured here um, i'm going to zoom out real quick on our tablet here so we can look at this drawing the the 
encounter at Mount Sinai, amen, where the finger of God branded upon uh, these two tablets of stone, the laws, amen, or the testament, basically the testament, right? Um, if we remember what we read before in um, Exodus um, chapter 31, verse 18, um, where Moses said that um, the tablets of the testimony were given after Moses finished communing, amen, and they were written with the finger of God. I'm going to open that verse, Exodus 31, verse 18, amen. Um, iPad, co-presenter. When he made an end of speaking with him on Montana, he gave Moses the two tablets of the testimony, of the testament, amen. This draws every, should draw everyone's attention to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, where Paul will continue to talk about um, the ministry, sorry, camera view, the ministry of the New Testament, amen. And you would see verses like in, let's start from verse, um, let me see, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's look at, um, let's see here. Yes, Paul would refer to um, each of the Testaments as ministrations, right? If the ministry of death written in engraved in stones was glorious, so the children of Israel could not look steady at the face of Moses because of the glory of, of his countenance, which glory is passing away, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds in glory. And he keeps on referring to them as ministries, but basically what he's talking about is the testament. Amen? The testimonies. Hallelujah. The law basically was his emphasis here. Now, if you keep, if you read the beginning portion of the scripture, you see here, when Paul explains in verse 2, that um, testaments actually meant to be written on the hearts of people. In fact, the reason why God wrote the Ten Commandments on tablets of stone was because that was a prophetic um, allegory of the hearts of the children of Israel. Their hearts were hard. So when God would speak to them, they were refusing to receive his words. So because he wanted to brand them somewhere for them, he branded them on stone first because the stone was even more receptive than their hearts were. Amen. But eventually the purpose of that branding was so that eventually what God had written could be passed on to them through the priesthood, through the feasts, amen, through the statutes and ordinances and everything that God set up, that whole downward that Moses received for Israel through their civilization. Hallelujah. Now, um, I'm saying all of these things because if you keep on reading, Paul says, you are an epistle of Christ, just like how the children of Israel should have been um, the law, but only Moses was called the law. We're going to see that later on in this portion of scripture, right? Ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is the heart. So when we go back to our little illustration here, for us in the New Testament, amen, the place where this thing is written, hallelujah, is the tablet of our hearts. Hallelujah. So the law of the spirits of life, that Shekinah glory, amen, will come and baptize our hearts, amen, hallelujah, with the finger, as a finger of God writes upon us. I don't know how to, how am I going to do this now? I'm not going to capture the finger of God. Let me see if I have some, my lasso too, okay? And um, can I shrink this? Yes, I can. The finger of God begins to write in our hearts. Oh, that was too old. There we go ministering to us the new testament amen and the purpose of all of this amen is that god's laws would be written upon our hearts amen do you know that this what i just said now is literally what the new testament is amen remember that verse in the X, um, ezekiel chapter 31 when it says a new covenant would i make with the house of israel after those days amen not after um the the covenant i made with their fathers amen even though i was a husband to them maybe you should just read that because that really ties a whole bunch of things together here, amen? Um, Jeremiah, not, not um, Ezekiel, like I first said. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a co covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, but according to the covenant that I made with their fathers, and I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant, which they broke, look at, read this last part, okay? Though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. You see why I kept on, kept on saying how Pentecostal is a marriage proposal? When God wanted them to, when God wanted to write the laws upon their hearts, I'm telling you, maybe the next one I would actually bring out the Jewish ritual of like their marriage, the marriage structure, okay? Before we kick into what, whenever next we get the chance, amen, to look at these things. Hallelujah. Not according to the covenant I made with their fathers today, I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt. My covenant, which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But well, this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. 
I will be their God and they shall be my people. Amen. Do you see that? And this is what this process we're looking at here is. Amen. The writing of God's laws upon the hearts. Amen. Hallelujah. Is that initiation, that invitation is what Pentecost is all about. Do you want to be written upon? You must partake of the Feast of Pentecost. Amen. That is where the process of being written upon or being branded actually begins. Amen. Now we have received the New Testament. Amen. Because the testimony is not just the writing in our hearts alone. There's another verse that's God, where God said that this is my covenant I shall make with them in the last day, says the Lord. I'll put my spirit on the inside of them. Amen. And I'll put my words in their mouth and in the mouth, mouth of their children and their children's children forevermore. Amen. So God's word in our, when you, when you, that's how you got born again. Amen. God put the, 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 the confession, the Lordship of Jesus out of your mouth and you brought it forth in response as your heart believed the gospel. Amen. And um, that is the primary place of the New Testament for us. But we want to, um, the purpose of all of these things is that it wouldn't just be our spirit that is joined to the Lord. Amen. We want to experience that joining process and the faculty, amen, of the human, amen, um, who, who we are as, as human beings, our beings, the part of us that experiences things, amen, that bears records of experiences most readily is the soul, amen. Technically, every single faculty bears records your spirit has a record of who you know who and what it is amen who it is probably is a better way to say it um your soul does too even your body does too right hallelujah okay so um that is a new covenant that is a new testament the writing of god's laws amen and um, i'm going to write here on the ipad let me get my tablet out um another verse for extra study um is exodus yes sorry but exodus Second, okay, second, second Corinthians chapter three, the entire chapter. Amen. Just jump in there and have a blast. Amen. Now, right there at the end of second Corinthians chapter three is actually what we want to kind of home in on, if that makes sense. Amen. And we're going to look here from verse um, 12. Look here, look here. Verse 12. Since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech, unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of that which was passing away. But their minds were blinded, for until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament, because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day, when Moses is read, notice how he says, when Moses is read. Do you know the reason why he's saying when Moses is read? Notice how in the prior verses, he said, you are our epistles. And here he's calling Moses the Old Testament. The reason why he's saying that, beloved, is because Moses received the feast of Pentecost. He took that feast, amen? He kept that feast. And so because he partook of that feast, he could partake of the other ones as well, amen? What is the purpose of Pentecost? The giving of the law, specifically the writing of God's laws upon the heart, amen? Hallelujah. That initiation is what Pentecost is for, amen? And we've explained that um, all of this is fulfilled by the Holy Spirit that was given to us. So right now you have all the feasts on the inside of you, amen? But the experience of this is, is, can only take place, amen, when there is an inroad of the spirits of God into your soul, amen? There's these channels, I've explained these you know, time and time again, the thrones of your soul, gateways of your heart, amen, um, the spiritual senses, hallelujah, faculties, amen, of your soul. And what these things are is that they're channels that take influences into the heart, amen. What we're meant to do as believers is that we are meant to, hallelujah, begin to receive measures of the spirits of God into our faculties. How do we do this? Because this, this is actually how we feast, amen, through obedience, amen, to the instruction that God gives us, amen, through spending time in the word and in prayer, the scriptures, living out the Christian life, walking in love, refusing to walk, staying away from sin, amen, um, refusing to walk in, in, in doubt, um, in unbelief, in, in, um, in, um, in fear, in, in offense, amen, just living out the Christian life organically, amen. The fruits of that is that the spirits of God will, you know, continue his penetration into the soul. And the fruits of that, like I've explained before, is that the glory of God will be breaking out on the inside of you, and that will manifest as plagues, amen. Remember how we explained the finger of God in the beginning? The third plague, amen, was where the, the, the magicians could no longer replicate things. Why is that important? 
Amen. It is important because the Feast of Pentecost is called the Feast of Weeks for a reason. Remember we said that um, in the beginning? Hallelujah. Pentecost, 50, right? Is the Feast of Weeks. Amen. So you have one week, seven. Okay. One, two, three, four, five. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There we go. <laughs> Amen. You have seven of these. Amen. Each of these, all right, a measure of the Spirit, amen, is measured to you until it is full. Boom. Okay. A week has been done. Another measure of sevens is then given to you, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. All right. And when it's full. Now, when the day of Pentecost is, I'm just using that to represent like all seven, okay? When the day of Pentecost is fully come, is when all of these are full. You have partaken of the Feast of Weeks. The fruit of that is that you can now begin to experience, amen, the finger of God. Does this make sense? Amen. You can experience anything in God at any point in time, amen. But the, that operation of the finger of God, amen, is a continuous inscribing of God's laws upon the heart because of prolonged exposure, amen, to the presence of God at an intensity that shuts down any other influences. This is critical because what happens is, and this is something you know, the Lord has really been dealing with me on, um, in this um, area on, you as a believer, you can expose yourself to the spirits of God, but then you can have your own thoughts coming in. I wanna make reference to a, a vision that Amy Thomas Davis, yes, had um, an encounter with the spiritual knowledge. I'll post that on PHB Youth. I haven't posted the diagram I gave during Melchizedek School. I am so sorry. I'll post that as well this evening. Amen. But she, I think I have, or maybe I haven't. I'll check and see. She spoke about an encounter that she had where she um, met one of the seven spirits of God, the spirit of knowledge. And um, as she, and represented by the seven golden candlestick, amen. As she went on this journey deep into the realms of God, what happened was, um, she went through like these veils and what they did was that they stripped away from her, her ability to resist what the Lord had to say, to kind of summarize or dilute what God was saying. The fruit of that experience was that God's word was thundering on the inside of her. That was what made Israel scared. Amen. It was that the idols, amen, that they were familiar with would be shut down in the presence of God. Hallelujah. What am I trying to say here? Who can ascend into the hill of the Lord? Only he who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to vanity, who has not sworn deceitfully. Those are the only people that can ascend to the hill of the Lord to receive the branding, amen, hallelujah, by the finger of God. Now, who are those people that are going to be partakers of this incredible feast, amen? I want to point you real quick um, to the people captured in scripture, right? Hallelujah. So if you read this portion of scripture I just read now, who may stand to the Lord, who may stand upon his holy place, who, he who has clean hands, a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol or sworn deceitfully, he shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. What is the blessing? Amen. In the book of Numbers chapter six, in this wise you shall bless the children of Israel. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause face to shine upon you. The Lord of his countenance upon you. Amen. The Lord be gracious unto you and give you peace. And thus you shall put my name, you shall write God upon the hearts of the children of Israel. Amen. So the blessing, amen, is actually Pentecost. This is why the Bible says that the Gentiles will be able to receive, amen, the spirit by faith because they are Abraham's seed. Let me say it like this, the giving of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, amen. Without it, you are like Israel without the law. You are like Israel without the feasts. We are like Israel without, you get the picture, right? Hallelujah. Okay. Who are the people that would experience the blessing? Amen. Hallelujah. This is Jacob. The generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, Selah. Hallelujah. When Bible said we seek your face, doesn't just mean that we seek the presence of God as we know it, amen? That word the, um, for the face there, I think it's, uh, it starts with a P, but basically it speaks of the presence of God, amen? 
And you would see that whenever God was, was um, when God invited Moses, um, Moses, Abraham to walk with him, God said something. Abraham, walk thou before me. The Hebrew word language there is actually walk before my faces, amen, and become blameless, amen. So those that seek the face of God are looking for what the scripture refers to as blamelessness or righteousness. And that's what's captured here, right? They shall receive righteousness from the God of his salvation. Amen. I hope everyone understands what, what I'm saying here, okay? Partaking of this feast, amen, it does something to you. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. There's so much to be said here, okay? I thought that I would have been able to do all this a lot, like this would have, I would have poured everything out really, really quickly, amen? But um, I'm looking at the time now and I'm guessing we'll trust God, amen? Hallelujah, I, really, I don't want to keep anyone later than they should. But I hope everyone understands what's been said so far. There are measures of the spirits of God, amen, that deny evil spirits voice, amen? Now we have to intentionally participate thank you jesus i had an experience recently that's why um thank you there is a we i, I so i'll share this experience i was waiting, i was waiting on the lord a period of time uh, not too long ago while waiting on the lord i was asking him some questions and the lord showed me someone putting on his trousers amen and god, god told me this is how you put on my image that verse that says put on the full armor of god that is actually how we partake of this feast because we want the Lord. Amen. Now, someone would say, but God is inviting us up. Why is it when putting your trousers? There seems to be resistance. Amen. The resistance is what happened with Israel. Maybe I should read that narrative. I should show that narrative. Sorry, from Exodus 19. Man, that is so powerful. Come on. Come on. Hmm. Let me start from Exodus 20, from verse 19. Um, maybe 18. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes, community is also good, but that's not, that wasn't where I was going. <laughs> All the people witnessed the thunderings, the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. Amen. That is the resistance. Amen. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that even Moses exceedingly quaked and trembled. Amen. What, what, is, the, what is the point of what the Lord is trying to say? What God was trying to show me in that, in that encounter. Amen. What he was showing me was this, okay? That resistance to the putting on the image of Christ, amen, is not because the image of Christ is hard to put on per se, amen. It is simply because the putting on the image of Christ requires our participation. That's the best way I can say it. I don't want to get into like, you know, um, wrestling with the wisdom and philosophies of this world and denying this age. I don't want to get into that right now, even though I've kind of said that a few times talking about feasting, right? To feast on the Lord, we have to deny the feasts of, of this present age, right? Amen. Denying, amen, the feasts of this present age is actually what Hallelujah. Okay, we're back. <laughs> Amen. Is everyone still here? Can anyone hear me? Amen. Okay, good. Awesome, awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. I hope everyone is being blessed by this. 
in some form or fashion. Amen. I really don't know if people are learning anything or whatever, but I trust the Lord that someone is getting blessed. Amen. Oh, yeah. If you says he's blessed, that's good. Oh, it's tough. Oh, bless your heart. Yay. That's good. That's good. That's good. Thank you so much for being encouraging. Okay. Um, yes. Yes. Putting the, the trouser legs in. Amen. Because you want to be written upon, there's some things you have to set aside. God told Israel, wash your clothes. God told Israel, um, um, consecrate yourself, stay away from your wives. Amen. Bible says, lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us. Amen. The purpose of setting aside those things, amen, is because you want to put on these trousers. You want to put on a shirt. You want to ascend up into the hill of the Lord. Hallelujah. The, 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 the invitation is for communion with God, amen, without distraction from this world, without interference from this world, amen, a clean line of communication between God and you. This is actually how Moses spoke with God all the time. I would say that God said that Moses was, um, um, would speak with God face to face as a man speaks to a friend. And basically what God was saying there was that Moses understands what I'm saying. We're able to commune with each other. Hallelujah. Amen. It has been a fight, y'all. But we'll emerge victorious. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, maybe I should round this up and let everyone go to bed. Hallelujah. Does everyone understand? Um, I think we've hammered everything else. Let me just read through my notes here. Hallelujah. I was going to talk about Solomon's temple. Amen. In Solomon's temple, I think the tabernacle helps illustrate the isolation. Basically, the place where God alone is speaking, amen, um, is found in the most holy place, amen? And, but that is where the Feast of Tabernacles is fulfilled, amen? Before the Feast of Tabernacles, you have to go through a chamber called the holy place. I am not recording. Oh, my. Hallelujah. There we go. Okay. Amen? Before you get to the most holy place, there's this place called the holy place, amen? And in the holy place, you have the seven golden lampstand, amen, representing the finger of God. Amen. Representing the seven spirits of God in the holy place, beloved. Amen. Where there is no light of the sun. Amen. There is no rain, no sunshine, no clouds. What you have is exposure. Amen. To that shrine of the presence of God. Amen. Where things are so intense. Amen. Really intense. That's the truth. Amen. Because in that place, you have the Shekinah glory beyond the veil. Hallelujah. And you have all these fragrances and sounds because you're hearing the Shekinah the breath of God in the most holy place. And it's making the veil, you know, reverberate like, like a high voltage power source. Hallelujah. And so you're in this fearsome environment and the only thing going through your mind, amen, is what is happening in there. Amen. This is actually what God is referring to as the Feast of Pentecost. It's when we set aside distractions and feast on God in isolation, where there's no other influence. It takes a while to get there, amen. But it's not only partaken of in like shut-ins, amen, and time of time we wait on the Lord extensively, amen. We partake of feasts also when we respond, amen, to the Lord's instructions, amen, refusing to give Satan any say in the matter. I hope what I'm saying is making sense. If you remember 2 Corinthians chapter 3, the very last verse we've spoken about before, when Paul said, the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit is Lord, there is liberty, there is freedom, amen. 
What is, free, what is that freedom? The law of the spirits of life in Christ Jesus that brings liberty has set me free from the law of sin and death. Basically, Paul was saying here, that the seven spirits of God, amen, wherever they are, liberty is found there. So what we as believers, New Testament believers want to do, amen, to experience our feast, amen, so we can fulfill our feast, we can keep our feast, amen, hallelujah, is interaction, amen, with the spirits of the Lord in isolation, amen. Again, by isolation, I've made references to many things. So I wanted to make sure I, I alluded to Solomon's temple, Second Chronicles 4 verse 7, Exodus 25, 31, and there's a few other verses, Joel chapter 2, blessed I'll pour my spirit upon all flesh, and things that happen on the day of Pentecost, um, Isaiah chapter 11, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Hallelujah. Amen. I hope everyone understands what is being you know, taught here, what is being ministered to you, what is trying to be, what the Lord is trying to illustrate to us. Amen. We haven't come to a physical mountain. Amen. That can be touched with hands. But the mountain that we've come to, amen, is Mount Zion. Amen. And those that ascend to this mountain of Zion, hallelujah, they have clean hands and a pure heart. Hallelujah. And this, these clean hands and a pure heart doesn't mean that they did not commit to sin before, but they haven't made mistakes. Amen. That's not what we're talking about. Amen. We're talking about you consecrating yourself. Mama's um, dream prayers this morning. Mama led a prayer point. Lord, Show me the consecration for my life. Amen. Because of our adventures in the world, our history, mannerisms, things we picked up, and even our own, our own soul's unique nuances, there are specific things that we do that can frustrate and hinder the invasion of the spirits of God into our souls. For this reason, God will prescribe specific consecrations unique to each and every one of us that denies the enemy's voice in our lives. Amen. Now, by keeping those consecrations, amen, we find ourselves feasting on the Lord in response. I hope what I'm saying is making sense. So basically, your prayer point, amen, um, following this word for now is, Lord Jesus, show me, Lord God. Because this, this is a, all of these feasts are fulfilled in us individually. What I mean by that is, unleavened bread, so for example, now the person that was a smoker and a drinker, Okay, smoker and a drinker, and a person that was a womanizer, okay, they both got born again, but there's, there's, there is the same first fruits, right, that they, you know, presented the Lord, but each of them, their unleavened bread looks differently. Does that make sense? For the person that was a smoker and a drinker, he's not going to the bars anymore, right, and he's not drinking, amen? Person that is, I used to be a womanizer, he's no longer flirting with girls anymore, right? He's not living a celibate life, all right? For the guy who was a smoke and drinker, living his celibate life might not be an offering unto the Lord because he never did it to begin with. Of course, he shouldn't go and start doing that. That'll be that'll be foolish, right? But you get what I'm saying, though, right? Um, um, so for each person, there is a unique consecration, amen. A unique sacrifice you ought to offer to the Lord. Every feast has a sacrifice, amen. There is a fruit. I think it's barley. It's brought during Pentecost, amen. Hallelujah. And what all these things speak of is a unique response to what the Lord is inviting us into. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I really hope this blessed someone. Amen. I really hope there's more understanding. Amen. Into these feasts. Hallelujah. I really hope that these diagrams were helpful. Amen. Please, if you need to um, spend, oh, I don't even know if, were these even visible? Were these legible at all? I just remember like over Zoom, the quality dropped so bad. You can barely see anything. Were these visible at all? Someone send a message. Yes, it's visible. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, that's good. That's good. Hallelujah. I just want to make sure like it was just like mumbo jumbo. Can you please share? Yes, I will. I will. Yes, definitely, definitely, definitely. And then I'll have all the verses and everything in there. Hallelujah. Um, thank you so much for joining us, beloved. Um, this seven-year period that we are on, we're just in the beginning of it. And honestly speaking, there is a lot that God has for us to, you know, to, to discover, even just by reading the scripture. I'm not talking about like the experiences part. I'm just talking about the expounding of the scriptures, amen? The opening up of things that, you know, are written in the scriptures. The whole purpose of all of these things is so we can go out and experience God. Christianity is a very practical um, uh, 
covenant walk with God. And basically you see something in the scriptures, you go out and practice it. You go out and live it out. Amen. And the cool thing is when you discover more of what the Old Testament was actually meant, if that makes sense, like the reason why this thing happened. Papa has taught some things about Shemitah before that just blew my mind on like, wow, man, how could we think that the law was less than the New Testament? Basically, the New Testament is the understanding of the law, basically. That's what, what happened as he expounded on those, on some of these laws, amen? On, on, the, on Jubilee and how to forgive your brother and let your brother go. And I heard all these things and the different, you know, specific instruction where God was like, don't play games here. Don't do this. Don't do that. Do that. And I'm like, wow. There, you could just tell from the law that God wanted to hit some things, you know, but if, if you don't care, it doesn't matter how specific God gets, right? Amen. Oh, Miss Renita, we need to add you to our WhatsApp group. I am so sorry. Okay, if you can send me on Instagram um, your phone number, then I can add you on our WhatsApp group. Are you on WhatsApp by any means, by the way? Hallelujah. Not the one you send out. Oh, yay. Oh, thank you, Auntie. <laughs> so blessed. <laughs> Greetings to the children. Amen. Okay, I think I'll be running up here. Okay. But what I'm going to do is I will post um, the graphics on it's our Instagram stories. It'll be up for 24 hours. So I'll post the, the illustration of the gateways of the heart, the thrones of the soul, spiritual senses, and these illustrations that we used. Amen. She's a kingdom woman. Okay, okay. I'll probably, okay, so that means that I can, okay, cool then. I am not a kingdom woman. Um, so maybe what will happen is I'll push it on PHB and someone help me forward it to kingdom women. Amen, hallelujah. So again, I wanna thank you all so much for joining us. Um, we have been on a journey um, from our incredible conference that we just concluded. Um, that conference was our Watchman Prophetic Conference, amen. And the Lord visited us powerfully. And we are looking forward to even more that he has in store. Amen. Um, we are having our Daniel Company team camp um, in three days. And we're going to kick it off with a 12-hour-long, well, Melchizedek School first, after the afternoon watch, and then a 12-hour prayer stretch. Uh, that looks to be really exciting. And I'm, I'm really excited for what's going to happen during that time. And um, after that, we have, like, a whole bunch of fun stuff planned. So if you want to attend... Um, please register. Um, and if you have a young person that you feel would benefit from that, they should too. And our immersion conference is now, registration is now open. Visit the Secure Next Generation website and then registration can kick off right away. Actually, it has already. <laughs> um, people are registering. So make sure you make, um, um, you get yourself your ticket and whatever else you need or whatever. Hallelujah. Okay. So thank you all so much for joining us, beloved. Pastor Francis Seabor sends his greetings and his love, and he's preparing something wonderful um, to minister to all of us. Um, again, I want to thank you all so much for joining us. Thank you for your patience in the beginning. I'm so sorry it took me so long. I wanted to make sure everything was working just fine. So I was scrambling because I had cables in different places, and it wasn't, yeah. I was supposed to take, drop things off um, at, at the house, but I, I couldn't. So, but anyways, thank you for understanding. Thank you for being so kind. Y'all are amazing. Love you all so much. Um, this has been Word for Now, and we have been looking at the feasts, and um, I think we are kind of done with Pentecost. Before we go into the fall feast, I would talk about Jewish weddings, and with that, we can go into the fall feasts. <laughs> Thank you again.